Hello, everyone, and welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, first of all, I want to wish everyone who has decided to listen to this podcast, welcome. This is a Christian apologetics podcast where I basically talk about everything political, sociological, theological, and uh, basically uh, everyday occurrences. So, this episode, I was trying to figure out like how basically to connect more with people and how to reach out. I'm always really doing that all the time because that's how my show works, and that's just how... If I understand where, you're, where you are currently right now, or at least the social uh, construct that's happening right now, it makes it easier for me to be able to reach out with the gospel. So, I was figuring out exactly what was happening. And for a while, i kind of been walking around doing, you know, when I'm at work, I do a thing called walk the grounds, which is I kind of go walking around with a picker and a bucket and I pick up trash or dog um, doo-doo or, yeah, dog doo-doo, huh <laughs> Um, and I basically just turn on podcasts and I listen to things. So I listen to Daily Wire, I listen to CNN, I listen to Christian news and apologetics, I listen to all sorts of different things. Just like get a, get a general roundabout idea of what's going on in the world. And there's a lot. And I know that it's a lot very confusing because... When you turn on those things, you get a bunch of noise, and I can see, and people get migraines. I get migraines, but what I try to do is I try to boil it down to a fundamental principle, and then go, okay, what does the Bible teach about this fundamental principle? So basically, it's like you have a snake in the yard. You don't want to chop off the tail. You don't want to chop it off in the middle. You want to go right for the head, right? And you want to hit the head with everything you got. So you can chop off the head, and then the rest of the snake dies off. That's kind of my ideology when it comes down to doing these type of things. So I decided to go ahead and do that some more. And so I, uh, yeah, I decided let's go for this. So as I'm listening to podcasts, like from Ben Shapiro, when I'm listening to uh, Stephen Crowder, when I listen to CNN, when I'm listening to NBC, they started having these interviews with, there's a lot of talk and even, (coughs) excuse me, Ben Shapiro and um, and, uh, Stephen Crowder were interviewing people who are transgender. Mostly Stephen Crowder. And so I'm listening to people who are transgender. And I see online, on on social media, more and more about the transgender community. What is transgender? You probably already know it. But if you have no idea what I am talking about, a transgender is somebody who is born one sex. You're male or you're female, right? They're born one of those two sexes. And they don't feel... Like they belong in that body. And if I'm wrong here, you can correct me on on YouTube. That's fine. However, that's the general premise. You're not comfortable in your own body. Let's say you're born in a man. You feel like you're a woman. You feel like you've gone. You're not in the right. You're not right. Something is wrong. And so that's what takes place. So that's realistically transgenderism. But the bigger problem is this, instead of being confused about your gender identity, which is actually medical terminology called gender dysphoria, I know a lot of people in the transgender community, especially online, if you go on YouTube, they'll cancel you, big uh, tech will censor you for saying something like this because it's more of a fascist movement, it's considered hate speech. This is what, um, but again, the complete side note here, this is no different than what the Nazis did and Mussolini did, um, 
what uh, Joseph Stalin did, Pope Powell. I mean, every Nazi uh, or every communist socialist dictator, well, we don't like what you have to say, so we're going to censor it. And then nowadays in America, it's just the new, it's the same thing. It's the same fascism again. It's only titled under hate speech, which is basically another word for I don't like what you have to say, which I will cover in another topic because it's going to affect how uh, how any Christian, either evangelist or apologist, talks about the Bible because there are things in the Bible that we all know that don't agree with what the social norm is. But anywho, I digress. So we're looking at identity. And the second part of this episode is going to be about um, postmodernism. You know, and I think Oprah Winfrey said it the best. You have your truth and they have their truth. And how this has actually really affected the Christian church. It's really affected a whole lot of how people react, how people think, um, to a point where it's like, well, Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life. However, if I'm going to say about Muslims or say about Buddhists, well, that's their truth. But that's another topic topic. So here we go. Gender identity issues. Disidentity in general, if you really think about it, our whole entire country, and I can't attest for the rest of the world because I don't know about what the rest of the world's fully going through. I live in America and our news doesn't cover that. It's pretty much propagandized. So what I look at is saying, okay, the news, social media has really brought up, apart from the politics of the day, identity. Well, how do we identify? Well, pronouns matter. Right, you hear that from the transgender. Pronouns matter. If you don't get my pronouns right correctly, you are attacking me. You're attacking my identity. It'd be no different than when I talk to family members of mine who are Catholic. Or or I talk to friends who may be Mormon. And I say, talk about, you know, there's issues with the Catholic and the Mormon uh, uh, ideology. And as soon as I start questioning it, they get aggressive and defensive. It's because I'm attacking their identity. So, what is our identity? Well, if you're looking in the modern world, then, you know, your identity is pretty much whatever you subjectively decide is your identity nowadays. I remember talking to one of the front desk workers over, right, um, over at the apartment complex I work at, and they were talking about, well, I want to go and find myself. And I asked her, how, how is that going? This gal goes, well, I'm not, you know, trying to, but every time I try to find myself, I'm always feel empty afterwards. And just, it goes through. It's the same thing over and over again. You're going to look for your identity here on Earth. You're always going to come up bankrupt because the the ideology which you formed on is not a solid foundation. In order to in order to endure life, you need a solid foundation. This is what Jesus talks about when he says that the foolish man built his uh, built his house on the sand. And when life came in, which was really symbolized as the storm, because we all have storms in our lives, no matter what it is, whatever demons may be coming into your life right now, those are that is your storm. Those are your storms. If you build your house upon sand, then the storms will destroy you a hundred times out of a hundred. You'll never be able to stand against them ever. If you build it upon a solid foundation, the storms will come. Same storms that came to that house built on the sand are going to hit the same one. Same ones are going to hit the foundation. The only difference is the foundation, the strong rock it is sitting on, the, the, the solid foundation will not buckle under the storm. It will hold. And the house that's built on top of it 
will not be destroyed. Now things will fall off, things will be transformed, and that's what we have. That ultimately in our lives, we're going to have moments that are going to transform us. Things are going to be different in our lives than we have ever encountered. And things that will make us grow and learn and develop. Even evolve, if you want to put it in that way. But if you don't have a strong foundation, your entire premise, your whole life will be destroyed. You'll be sitting at home going, oh my gosh, I feel so abused and I feel depressed and empty and, and sad inside. Why do you think that the suicides and depression have skyrocketed? It's it, you're, you're confused and you have yourself making decisions based on the confusion without being on a solid principle. So if you're not a Christian, you are created in the image of God. And I've said it before on the show, you're born with intrinsic value and innate worth. Let me break that down because it's really kind of complicated. You are born with natural worth. With a value system that is not premised on any government, on any sociological platform. How your boss, how your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, your husband, <clears throat> your family, your friends see you does not determine your value. Your value is given to you by God. You're created in his image. Therefore, you have that value. So taking your life, let's like say this. Is murdering an atheist just as wrong as murdering a Christian? The answer is yes. Both are equally valid. Why? Because regardless of their overall ideological belief system, they are both creating the image of God and therefore both have value. That is you. You have value. Your identity is not found here on earth. If it is, it's always bankrupt. You're always going to run into that hole. The whole of America keeps on going, I want to know who I am. Who am I? Why, where do I belong? Do I belong anywhere? It's kind of like when I watched The Hobbit. I watched it with my wife a, a while ago. And I remember Bilbo Baggins, right before they went into um, the cave, you know, where they fall through a trapdoor, they fall into the cave, and then it was, I think, it, uh, the trolls or whatever were bringing them down. It was right before they run into Gollum. But it, you know the movie. And... Uh, Bilbo had just heard um, Thorin say pretty much he doesn't belong with them. He is lost ever since he left the Shire. He shouldn't even be there. He's not even one of them. And so he pretty much waits for all of them to fall asleep. And he gets up to head out the, the cave entrance. And he doesn't realize one of them is awake. And he says, hey, what are you going? He goes, look, I don't I don't belong. I know you're homesick. He goes, no, you, you move around. You don't belong anywhere. You're always moving around. You don't belong anywhere. You, you have no real people. You have no home. And that's what we face a lot nowadays is where is our home? Where is our, our purpose? Where is it? I struggle with that. I'm not immune to this. I, I wish I could go home back to Southern California. I love living in Orange County. It was my thing. I miss Balboa Island. I miss Newport. I miss Anaheim going to Disneyland. Are you kidding? I love that. That was my bread and butter. I miss going with my wife to go sit in New Orleans and have a clam chowder and a bread ball while looking over the rivers of America, even watching Fantasmic. Oh my goodness. I can go on. I can go on for hours on that. I got, even, I got the theme song to Fantasmic on my phone. I can, you know, sometimes just do little finger dance things that Mickey would do on stage. But that, <clears throat> but that is home. We can find identity in that. But the truth be told is, if I try to do that, you can be ripped away from your home. You can lose your identity if it's based here on Earth, if it's on this earthly plane. The only identity you truly have is found in Jesus Christ. 
So as a Christian, what is our identity? It's going to be found in Ephesians chapter 1. And it can go from 1 till 23, and I'm just going to give you the highlights of it, and then I'm going to go ahead and just read it to you. And my app is acting up strangely. So I'm just going to go straight to the Bible because that is the best option here. So, Ephesians chapter 1, I'm going to start with verse 3. You can follow me through, I'm reading the NIV. Praise be to God and the, um, to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every heavenly realm, with every, us in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of the praise of his great uh, glorious grace which he has freely given us in one the one he loves in him we have we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of god's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he purposed in Christ to be put in effect when the times reached their fulfillment to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we are chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in um, conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who are the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him which with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposit, um, deposited, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to be the praise of his, of his glory. For this reason, since I have heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and, and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of our that the eyes of, of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glory inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably greater power for us who believe that the power is the same as the mighty, as the mighty strength he has exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority of power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fulfillment of him who fills everything in every way. Mouthful right there, but in essence... You are a saint. 
You are blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You are chosen and predestined for adoption to sonship. You are accepted by God and are recipient of His grace. You are redeemed. You have a wonderful inheritance of spiritual riches in Christ. You are indwelled and sealed by the Holy Spirit who guarantees my your inclusion into the family of God. You have access to spiritual wisdom and insight. You participate in the resurrection and ascension of Christ because of the power of the, of the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. As a member of the body of Christ, you are united to Lord and represent. Um, represents. This is big. Your identity is found in Christ. If you keep going on the journey over to find out, okay, well, what if, you know, what if I want to, you know, I, what about my identity and my gender? Your identity is not found in your testicles or ovaries. Your identity is not found by how you, your feelings are. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. Regardless of how you feel or you think, your identity is objectively found in Jesus Christ. Ephesians chapter 1. Read through it yourself. Go through it. Study it. Again, Ephesians chapter 1. Now going on to postmodernism, I'm going to make it a little short. Because I just, I'm that kind of guy. You have your truth, they have their truth, right? Oprah Winfrey, love to point this out, right? She loved to preach about this, and everyone seems to love Oprah Winfrey. Now, I love the person Oprah Winfrey because she's creating the image of God. However, her ideology I could not disagree further with. Now, as Christians, how are we supposed to handle this when we hear someone say, that's your truth and my truth, and you hear this in the church? Resort to John 14, 6. And I shall read, New International Version. Jesus answered, I am the true way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus didn't say, I'm the truth, but they also have their truth. Truth is not a subjective clause. There's nothing in our objective world, say like mathematics. Two plus two equals four. That is objective truth. It don't is, it does, means it doesn't equal three, three and it doesn't equal five. Two plus two equals four. These are objective truths. Our truth, the true truth, is found in Jesus alone. Because when you make a truth statement, if someone says, that's your truth, this is your truth, what they're saying ultimately is, well, there is no such thing as truth. You make it up in your head. This is also a thing called idolatry. First commandment, you shall create no other gods besides me. If you're going to say, well, that's true and that's true and that's true, but they fundamentally contradict each other, then they can't both be true. And that's also where I see a lot of people in postmodernism like to play. Well, you know, I don't want to say they're wrong. You know, I don't, you know, I don't really want to, you know, and they get all really hesitant about it or they get really aggressive and offensive. Well, then I question if you're a Christian. I really do. Are you Christian? 
Or have you sold Jesus out for a new idol? A new Jesus that thinks everything's pretty much chill. You know? No one's right. No one's wrong. It just depends on your flavor of tea at the end of the day. You know? Do you like... Do you like chocolate? Or do you like marmalade? Or vanilla? Personally, I like both of them. But you get the general point. Do you want spinach or do you want broccoli? Do you want... Do you like rap or do you like country? Well, your truth is just as good. No, there is opinions out there. Everyone has an opinion. I have an opinion. You have an opinion. The person you talk to has an opinion. Everyone has an opinion. In fact, that's why we vote. That's why we have legislation. That's why we have literary arts. That's when you go to a school and you have uh, you take liberal arts. That's why you have books. That's why you have podcasts. Everyone has an opinion. Now, inside the opinion can be facts. That is true. And you can say, I have this fact, but I like to see it from this perspective. If you listen to something like, uh, what was it? University of Illinois. I actually like to, I've been just recently listening to um, nuclear physicists who talk about nuclear reactors and nuclear engineering. Why? Because it's just, it's something I'm pretty much kind of interested. I get like a lot of different things. This guy will talk about objective truths about how protons, neutrons, how they react, how um, there are certain kinds of alpha, alpha rays, there is beta rays and gamma rays. How do they work? Now, he's giving truthful things. He's giving objective information about the science behind nuclear reactors or how uh, nuclear technology works. But then you see how people react with it, and that's their own opinion about how they react to the information presented. So in postmodernism now, it's about how do you feel? That's your truth, but I have my truth. No one's right, no one's wrong. In fact, I like to just call it all subjectiveness. It's relativism. Just a fancier, fun word of saying it. So I look at it and go, we can't necessarily do that. We can't, actually. If we're going to preach about the gospel, we need to say that Jesus Christ is the truth, the way, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by him. And they go, well, what about other people? Well, they're all wrong. According to Jesus, they're all wrong. Every last one of them are wrong. Buddhism is wrong. Hinduism is wrong. Islam is wrong. Mormonism is wrong. Jehovah's Witnesses are wrong. Um, yet anything apart from the biblical Jesus Christ is wrong because he's demanding exclusivity. And I know a lot of people, even Christians, will say, well, that's closed-minded. Well, that's the options you have. And if you're like, well, I don't like it. Well, that's life for you. It's interesting when I hear people say, I don't like the options here. I don't like this. Well, the Bible never says you have to like it. It says this is the reality. It's kind of like this. I heard one atheist saying, well, you know, I don't like, I don't like a certain con, I don't like consequences to my actions. I remember Cliff Connectly, Pastor Cliff Connectly of New Canaan, Connecticut, talking about this over to college campus. He goes, well, <clears throat> unfortunately that's life. And this example was, if you want to, you can want to go have sex with as many good looking women as possible. But then the consequence is you probably get an STD. You're most likely will. Well, you don't like it. You want to have sex with as many good-looking women as possible without the consequences of a, of a sexually transmitted disease. Well, whether you like it or not, that's what's going to happen to you. 
that's the reality of the situation. That is an objective truth. And regardless of how you like the fact that you can get an STD from having uh, intercourse with many people, that's what you're going to get. Tough luck. You could drive your car until the oil turns really bad and then your engine starts really messing up and being horrible and go, well, you know, I didn't want to go change my car oil, but I, you know, I didn't want it to break down. Well, it doesn't matter how much you want it not to break down. The truth is, if you don't change out your oil, your car is going to break down. Simple as that. Uh, you know, and it goes pretty much for everything here. Now, there are things that are not objective truths, but then I would say they're more subjectiveness. Kind of like if I were to talk with somebody about, um, I was talking about country music versus rap music to one of my colleagues I was working with today. <clears throat> They're like, country music's terrible. Rap music is the best thing in the entire world, period. And I said, well, I, I'm kind of a country person as well. Not totally country, but I listen to a few country songs. They go, well, to be honest, you can't, you know, half the time I kind of go by the phrase, you can't spell crap without rap. That's just kind of how I run with it. And I mean, I listen to Toby Mac and I listen to Lake Cray. So I got some rap in there. But the, for the most part, I don't think rap is all that great. I, I, I can handle some of it, but the rest of it, I'm, I'm not really big on it. But that's OK. That's my opinion. But music is a subjective form of entertainment. One thing may please me, may not please you. It's perfectly fine. So ultimately, as we wrap this up, as I wrap this episode up with you, let's go back over this again. Your identity is not found in this world. If you are looking for your identity and purpose in this world, you will always 100%, I guarantee, you will end up bankrupt at the end of the day. You'll have a hole in your heart that is not filled and you'll not feel content whatsoever. If your identity is found in Christ, regardless of what storms hit you, what this world brings up, whatever may whatever happens you will always have fulfillment god never changes this world does if you put your faith and trust into this world for those things that matter the most you will always end up destroyed empty and broken but if you put your faith in jesus christ and your identity comes from him you will always end up fulfilled and full to the brim and content no matter what, because you always have the solid foundation to build upon. You may not like that solid foundation. You may want to go somewhere else, but you'll never find it anywhere else apart from Jesus. Never, ever. And I guarantee you can take it to the bank. You'll never find fulfillment any other place apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. That is your identity. That is your foundation. And there's only one truth, and it is from him. There is not your truth and my truth. There is one objective truth, 100% Jesus Christ. Everything else is just opinion. And you better line up your opinion with the reality of truth. You better live in reality. You better line up with the one who, who died on the cross and physically, bodily rose from the dead three days later. You better line yourself up with him. Otherwise... You're, you're done for. You're bankrupt. You couldn't tell which end is up if your life depended on it. As simple as that. So, until next time we meet again, may God richly bless you all, my dearly beloved.